the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herba Herba. What's up? And Trey, frozen on my screen, Stinky Fingers Jose. <laughs> I'm holding my tears back right now. So yeah, what's up? <laughs> goddamn Raiders. <coughs> and the goddamn Packers, okay? So I had a, an emotional morning early Sunday morning. Um, and then drank away his afternoon. <laughs> to, to about 9 a.m. <laughs> Probably one too many Bloody Marys. And um, yeah, and I can, so I understand. I mean, the Raiders are now what, one and four after that Monday night game? Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. We don't, but we can. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sucks. But tough, tough loss there. They were looking good at the beginning. Um if you're new to the show, fairly new show. We started recording this last year. So uh this is our weekly waiver wire episode. So we're gonna be going through some of the popular waiver wire names this week and talking about our thoughts on them, if they're worth you know, spending that priority or uh, however much amount of fab. And later in the week, we'll have uh, matchup episodes where we cover every single matchup for the week and uh, also give you our starts of the week. So keep an eye out for those if you're new. Uh, hit us up on the Twitter at the FF Fathers. If you haven't already, we appreciate uh, the love and support. And uh, any questions you might have, you can you can reach us there, and we will answer as soon as possible. Um, what else uh, do we want to talk about the Monday night game before we get into waivers and all that good stuff, or do we just want to? I do want to just bring up one thing about the game. It's one of the more most interesting stat lines you ever see, and it comes from you know the, the the great Travis Kelsey, who gets his normal eight targets, seven catches, and four touchdowns, but only twenty five yards. Like, how does that even happen? He averaged three yards a catch. You know how so it happens. Talk. Yeah, they're playing the Raiders. Right. That's how it happens. <laughs> he said, "Don't call me till we get to the red zone, and uh, <laughs> and then you, then we can talk." It just—it was weird, man. It's like you would think when you you saw seven catches, four touchdowns, you're thinking for sure he has what you know, 120, 130, 40 yards, something like that. No, twenty five. Let's just take off a whole fucking hundred off of that. We'll take the four touchdowns though. Hell yeah! As, I mean, still got him thirty uh, points. Could you imagine if he had the yards behind it? Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, I would say Kelsey is is paying off even if you did draft him you know at the back of the first he's still giving you a huge advantage as long as you hit on your other positions all right he's totally worth the first round pick right now he's extremely consistent one of the more consistent players in the league in any position for sure and he has been he has been like well wait for years since 2016 (laughs) First, 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 second, so far second on the year this year. Like, you can't get much better production out of a tight end than that. It's pretty impressive. And not like anyone needs to know how great Travis Kelsey is. Everyone knows that. But when you see the stats, it is still really impressive. Um, Honestly, I don't think it's going to be hard to say by the time he finishes his career, he'll be considered the greatest tight end of all time. Yeah, I think it's it's getting pretty hard to uh, argue that at this point. No matter how much you love Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> um, all right. Tonight, waiver wires. Uh, so very important because there are some names, I think, to be discussed. Obviously, here some big injuries, season-long in- ending injuries. Um, just a heads up, as we move into week six, seven, and eight, there are buys. We're, we're back in that, that buy that bye week area. And so we're going to have to maneuver our way through those. There's a couple weeks that are really big. I think week nine has a ton of teams on by, but week six, there's four teams on by the Detroit lions, Tennessee Titans, 
Houston Texans and the one and four Raiders. So if you have players on any of those four teams, uh, you're going to be looking for replacements. So you might have to hit the waiver wire in order to do so. Um, I see um, a few injuries listed on the dock. You you want to cover those injuries there? Yeah, we could just run through them real quick. You want me to talk about it, or are you asking me to do sure. it? Yeah, here's a trade Stinky Fingers Jose's injury report. <laughs> okay. <it's, laughs> all right, so uh, it's a lot different than last week. There's a, uh, not that many injuries that are very impactful. Obviously, the biggest one is Rashad Penny is going to be out for the season with a broken fibula. So we'll talk about Kenny Walker here in a second. Definitely going to be the biggest pickup of the week. Uh, but besides Rashad Penny being out for the season, Dalton Schultz is expected to miss a couple weeks with a PCL injury. It's that time of year where all the L's in the knees are taking L's. People hurting their knees. So if you got Dalton Schultz, you definitely want to look at a tight end this week. And I got to say, if you have Pratt Firemuth, you might want to do the same. He's in concussion protocol again um, for the third time in a season and a half. So I wouldn't be surprised if he misses this week, even though it's just a concussion. And last but not least, Russ, a.k.a. Um, who can't cook, Russell Wilson. He has a partially tar- torn lat in his throwing shoulder. So I think that should drive us home the fact that if you do have him, just fucking give up on him. Yeah. Nobody should be starting him. <laughs> yeah. At least there's something showing, like, why he's been playing so poorly. Like, I remember telling, I'm not sure if it was you guys or maybe, maybe it was my, my brother, but um, telling that like his throwing motion looked off this season. Like there's a couple of throws. I'm like, what? Like that doesn't look like the way he. Th- I'm you know come from a Seahawks fan. I have a pretty good idea of what his arm looks like when he's throwing, and it looked off. Um, so that clearly shows that you know something's been bothering him. It's the same injury that Mayfield had last year, and you could we saw how bad he played with it. So I I can't expect Russ to be all that much better with it with you know a pretty major injury like that. That makes is sense because he's playing or, like Becker Mayfield. Is it yeah, exactly. is, or is it? Or is it Team Three PR team coming in to to save the day there for old Russ? Oh, right. by the way, he's been dealing with a torn lat for the last four <laughs> weeks, so you know that kind of explains everything, right? It's definitely a good card to have, just in case he does play like shit, which he did, which he has <laughs> <Yeah>. been. <laughs> Pretty good PR. I mean, if team you want, as there. If you want to be part of the conspiracy theory, then go for it. I'm going to just leave it as what they tell us. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it is good news, I guess, if you're still relying on Russ. But I'm, I'm kind of with Trey here. I'm like, am I going to wait and find out, or am I just going to Oh, no, no, no. Figure you're still dropping team, him. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you yeah. haven't dropped him yet, you should still drop him because the injury is not going to get better as the season goes along. He's not having surgery. He's just going to play through it. So he should be dropped. Um, but at least there's a reason for it now. You know, not just that all of a sudden Russ took an absolute shit. <laughs> a big old poop. <laughs> just <an> absolute <laughs> unit. Just the, big, <laughs> just the biggest one you've ever seen, man. Uh, looking like my Monday mornings after a nice long day of football Sunday. Man. Great um, shit like a dinosaur did it. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of that con queso, chili con queso dip, <laughs> dude. Blood lights. <laughs> what? Um, all right, let's get into the waiver wires here. Um, few names definitely to discuss. I guess let's start with, with the banger, the big one, Kenneth Walker the third. Uh according to Fantasy Pros, rostered in forty six percent of leagues which is a consensus roster percentage. Um, Obviously, Trey just covered it. Rashad Penny out for the season. Broken fibula could be out. He's also a free agent next year. So, you know, signed the one-year deal this year with the Seahawks. Like, I have a really hard time imagining the Seahawks are going to re-sign him after all these years of basically the same story. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he lands if he does land somewhere next year. But it's basically the Ken Walker show from here on out. DJ Dallas is going to be mixed in, but TJ Homer also banged up with an injury. So, uh, at least immediately, it's going to be Ken Walker mostly and, and DJ Dallas mixed in. 
I'm in the camp of I think this is going to be the biggest waiver wire ad of the year. Um, I'm in the camp of go ahead and and spend it all. Maybe leave a dollar for the playoffs, but spend spend what you got on Ken. What do you guys think? I'm in that campground with you. I guess we're all camping together. Maybe it's like Paradiso or Burning Man. I think everyone's going to be in that yeah. camp. Who's got the most fab? Because <laughs> whoever has the most fab is is winning Ken Walker this week. Yeah, brothers. Uh, I think we're in around the fire singing Kumbaya right now because I'm in the exact same camp as you guys are. <laughs> what about DJ Dallas, though? You're a big Seahawks fan. Um, I don't watch a lot of Seahawks games, but I do because we're in the Northwest. I, I see it more than most people do. He doesn't look bad. He seems like he might be able to work his way into kind of having like a making that into a committee back there. Do you think that could happen? Um, he shows explosion in some promise, but I mean Kenneth Walker has already shown more, I think, this year than we've seen him from DJ on the season or on the last couple of seasons he's been there. So I mean DJ's gonna get his a little bit, um, but I don't think it's gonna be like a large workload. I could see him getting, you know, three to five carries a game, but Kenny Walker's gonna be the the main guy getting, you know, eighteen to twenty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Um, I just got to say, in one of our home leagues, probably our oldest league uh, that exists right now, um, a, a group of 12 of us who are pretty good friends, um, one of the players in that league, his name is Ruby, he dropped Ken Walker like week two, I think. Um, to pick up Jalen Warren, that was the week that Najee was like questionable, and I just gotta, I just gotta say thank you because it's a keeper league, <laughs> and I was able to drop I think thirty five dollars in Fab that week and pick up Ken Walker, knowing Rashad Penny would probably get hurt. I didn't think it would be a season long ending injury, but man, at this point, Ken Walker is probably going to be a week-in, week-out starter for me in that league and also possibly a keeper for next year, depending on how Ooh. he does. <laughs> little season-long foreshadowing here. Just saying. I would be surprised. It's definitely a big possibility. These young running backs get a lot of usage these days in the NFL. Yep. The whole point being, like, when there's a, a capable backup, you should be stashing them just for these types of of scenarios because it happens every single year, almost every single week. There's some sort of running back getting hurt. So we'll be talking about a couple of these guys um, later in this episode as well. But I just think it's a, it's a good strategy to have, you know, at least one of these guys on your bench that you can stash and, and just hope that uh, things kind of fall your way. Um, Okay. But yeah, Ken Walker, spend all your fab. Correct, for sure. Seventy-five percent, hundred percent. Spend a hundred percent of your fab, uh, or ninety-nine point nine percent. Brian Robinson <laughs> Jr. Uh, uh, many men, many, 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 Okay, Brian Robinson Jr. made That's his the debut. Worst. That was the worst. But anyways. He's been stashed in a lot of leagues, but according to Fantasy Pros, he's he's still available in about 47% of leagues. Um, and he's definitely the guy here. I, I think I saw a news clip, too, of uh, good old Riverboat Ron saying today, yeah, I think we're going to throw Antonio back on kick return since Brian is back. And so I just think it's funny. Like he just hates Antonio Gibson. I think with everything he has, but it is what it is. Brian Robinson's back. If he's still available in your league somehow, he should absolutely be picked up. He's the starting guy in this team. I think it's going to be tough anyway. I think it's still a committee, but he's the lead guy. 100%. I mean, he came in, you know, from missing the entire season because of being shot and immediately led the backfield and carries. And they weren't even originally expecting him to come back this early. They thought he was going to be a week or two out. So he came back faster than they expected, and they still gave him more carries. 
I mean, yeah. what else do you need more do you need to know? Yeah. Yeah, as far as like a committee goes, um JD McKissick is like his only competition at this point. Antonio Gibson is gonna fade into the into the abyss. Because JD McKissick, he's getting a good amount of receiving work, but he hardly ever runs the ball. And Brian Robinson had nine carries to Antonio Gibson's three carries. Uh, exactly, dude. He's not fading into the abyss. They threw him off the ship. Oh he's yeah, he's gone already. Yeah. <laughs> he's done. What are you doing with yeah. like uh, Tyler? Don't you have Gibby in a in a dynasty league? And what are you doing with him in that situation? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I traded Just him wait. earlier this year for Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's oh right. Yeah, you did package him. Good, good, yep. good on you. Robbery. Um, <laughs> what would you do if you were still holding on to Gibson? I mean, if you could try to trade him, cool. But I mean, you'd have to have some dummy in your league who who wants him to have him because of his like you no know, name value. Other than that, he's probably droppable. Oh, like you did to my brother when you traded him earlier this year for Jalen Hurts. Hey, man, <laughs> he is sexy. <laughs> hey, hey. That's what I said when Seth accepted uh, my trade. For DK, so. <laughs> You know, hey, you. I mean, there's sides. There's ways looking at each trade from both sides, and like it depends on. Yeah, I mean, the (laughs) other team has needs too, and so I gave him a really good young wide receiver that, uh, and Chris Olave, who was having a great season until uh, he got his head, you know, pile drive into the ground against the Seahawks this last weekend. But he'll come back; he'll be fine. So, I mean, he got he got what he wanted. It, It wasn't just Gibson. By himself, Alave yeah. and someone Gibson else, and a third round pick, I believe. Okay, still well, robbery. To answer, but... it is a robbery. But to answer your question, I would hope to like honestly because he's so useless, you might drop him. Hopefully, get like a tenth round pick out of him. Then you get a nice late round pick. Um, oh, it's dynasty. Round. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, may- no, never mind. You're <laughs> not going to get a pick actually. Rookie draft. <laughs> That would be no, I, I was I was thinking our keeper league. Never mind. Okay. Well, in the, in a keeper league, yeah, sure. Um, two or three years from now. Like yeah, third round. It's essentially anything you can fucking you can dig out of the dumpster. That's pretty much it. Um, moving on though to the next player on the list here, Jacoby Myers. Uh, last week against Detroit. Eight targets, seven receptions, 111 yards, one touchdown, 20.6 fantasy uh, uh, points. So Jacoby <laughs> yeah. Myers obviously has been uh, been pretty pretty decent. Um, how do you guys feel about picking up uh, Jacoby Myers? Do you think he should be rostered in all leagues, given the numbers he's producing? I would say yes. Um, the Patriots offense is pretty stagnant, but, uh, he seems to be the clear cut number one, number one receiver on this team when he is playing the three games he's played, he's had a, you know, his lowest was six targets, but his last two games, you know, he had eight targets, seven catches, 110 yards. And then a week two, which was the second, uh, the last time he played before last week, he had 13 targets, nine catches, 95 yards. So it seems like he's a clear cut favorite in this offense. And that's with two different quarterbacks. Week two is with Mac Jones. Last week was with Bailey Zapp. So it seems pretty clear cut that he's involved in this offense with the play calling and the way they design things. I'd say he's definitely worth rostering. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree. Honestly, I have to admit, because I've been so avoiding, avoiding this offense, when I started seeing Jacoby Myers pop up on like different waiver wire editions, I had to go look at it. I had no idea he was even putting up those kind of numbers and it didn't help that he was, you know, not playing the last two weeks. But yeah, I mean, he's averaging nine targets a game so far in the season for the games he plays. He should absolutely be, be uh rostered in every league. And I think, you know, he's could push pretty quickly into, you know, weekly flex play, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he had a 38% target share last week that's massive (laughs) that's like probably number one in the league if i had to look real quick but um yeah that's fucking huge so i i would 100 be willing to spend pretty aggressively on jacoby myers i think at this point if um if you're pretty desperate for wide receiver help 
but chances are he's probably rostered in your league. Um, you know, he's over 50% on the Fantasy Pros website, so I imagine it's pretty pretty high on sleeper, probably in 60-something. And uh, so, yeah, he's probably not available. But if he is, I would be willing to spend pretty aggressively for Jacoby at wide receiver if I'm not absolutely just stacked at wide receiver. Um, Rashad White, I think, should be brought up. I think he falls into that list of guys that, you know, they're not a massive waiver wire ad right now, but if something were to happen to Leonard Fournette, this guy would be the number one waiver wire um, pickup. So I, I, I think he's worth a stash right now. He's rostered in 29% of leagues. If you have room on the bench, if you know if you have a decent sized bench, I, I think he's one hundred percent worth a stash. Now, if you only are allowed four or five guys on your bench, maybe not. But if someone, some, like I said, if something you want to, you know, prep yourselves for these situations so that you already have the guy on your team before the desperation situation hits, where the starting guy goes down, like Rashad White or Rashad Penny this year. Or this week, Jesus, and uh, so <laughs> technically, my point accurate. being, if Leonard Fournette went down this week, Rashad White next week would be the hundred percent number one waiver wire addition. I think that's a pretty good point. Yeah, kind of jump the yeah you know, jump the gun on that and get someone that would be the next man up. And it, yeah, I probably personally wouldn't do it, but I like the idea of it. <laughs> it all depends on your team. Like if you have someone yeah. that's absolute trash that's you're you're wanting to drop anyway, might as well take a guy that has a lot of upside if the guy ahead of him goes down. Is my point. Yeah, even though they can't run the fucking ball, but once they figure that out too, he'd be really really worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh Leonard had like 30 fantasy points last week. So it was yeah. mostly through receiving and the fact that he did score on the ground, but they're still struggling like to run the ball. They're not averaging more than like three and a half yards, three yards a carry a game. Yeah, the offensive line's not very good, but he Leonard Fournette's getting mad work out of the backfield. I, I don't think he's ever caught this many balls, at least on a weekly basis. It's pretty insane. He's gotten twenty six targets the last three weeks. Yeah, and that's that's honestly where Rashad is supposed to like excel the most too, is in the receiving game. So but I, you know, I think it's a, it's a team style, coaching style where we have our our guy, our workhorse, and uh, we're gonna use him, especially Leonard. You know, because Leonard be talking that shit if uh, if he wasn't getting a workhorse role. So, <laughs> um, anyways, that's yeah. that's just kind of how I see it. He's like a hot girl on Tinder. He's just catching an insane amount of balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, the wide receiver in Buffalo, playing in that slot role. Um, I think we saw Shakir this week have a decent week with Isaiah McKenzie being out, uh, but still only rostered in 37% of leagues, according to Fantasy Pros. How do you guys feel about Isaiah McKenzie? Honestly, I, I like him. Uh, he seems to be getting a bigger role in this offense as the season goes along. And I do like that Kilo Shaker steps in for one week and basically has gives you the exact same stuff that McKenzie did. So it just means that like it's not the person that's in this that's playing. It's the offense is being generated towards the slot receiver. So I think you're going to yeah. see pretty consistent production for uh, McKenzie the rest of the season. Uh, that's four out of five weeks that the wide receiver three or the slot receiver has caught a touchdown. And we talked about it last week that Khalil Shakir, he might actually get that touchdown that Isaiah McKenzie's been getting. And sure enough, he got it. Yep. And here's the big thing with this whole situation is Isaiah McKenzie was splitting time in this role with Jamison Crowder, but Jamison Crowder is now on IR. And so that just opens the door for this, for Isaiah McKenzie to, to be the dude 100% of the time. Um, unless I guess they split it with Shakir, but I think if Isaiah McKenzie comes back, Crowder's out on IR. I think it's 100% Isaiah McKenzie in this role, and Shakir takes a backseat to him. So 
yeah, I love Isaiah McKenzie. Um, you know, I was adding him at the beginning of the season in some leagues where I had room um, just because of the potential. So the biggest step back for him has been having to split the role with Jameson, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue going forward, yeah. at least for the next few weeks. And to kind of piggyback off of that, James, um, this is the first week where James Crowder was also out. And Khalil Shakur did have a 70% snap share, which is higher than McKenzie's gotten all season. So that does, sh- I think that does mean that we're going to see McKenzie come in and have a larger role in the offense and have a bigger snap share without having to share so much. So I think you're spot on with that. Hell yeah. Fuck Would yeah. you rather have Isaiah McKenzie or Jacoby Myers? Myers, just because he's the number one option in that offense, um, even if it's a low scoring offense he's still going to get more usage overall than McKenzie's going to. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. Uh, Mike Boone, the running back in Denver rostered in 32% of leagues. I'll just say this. I'm not a, a huge guy on, on Mike Boone. I don't think he's going to have like a consistent, significant role. And I might be wrong, but I, I think Latavius Murray, once he's up to speed in this offense, is is pretty much going to be the RB2 behind Melvin Gordon in this offense. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, Trey and I kind of agreed on that last waiver wire episode um, that we think that Latavius is going to come back and take a larger role and step into that Mike Boone spot. So I think we're all in agreement there. The one thing I have to throw out is that even though Melvin Gordon wasn't actually uh, credited with a fumble or a lost fumble, he did still put the ball on the ground a couple times in this game. They just got play was wiped out because penalty or something like that. Um, so that's something to look out for, dude. If he continues to have these kind of butterfingers, you could see Gordon get benched. Honestly, I know he's a talented guy and he can do some things when he's there, but you can't trust a guy who's constantly putting the ball on the ground. 100%. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a good point. And just to kind of drive home the whole Mike Boone thing, he did get 10 points in you know a half PPR league, kind of being buoyed by the, uh, that's a weird way to say it, being, um, yeah, buoyed, I guess is the word I'm going to use. You know, he was raised up by the fact he had three catches and 50 yards, but one of those catches was like 35 yards or something like that. And he ran seven times for 38 yards. One of those runs was like a 20-yard run. So he was really struggling besides those two big plays that he had. And you guys said it perfectly. Once Latavius Murray comes around, Mike Boone's going to fade into the distance. Um, if you're looking at him, you already missed the window. It's his. Uh, I don't think he'll have a good game for the rest of the year. I'm like really diving onto that one. It, it's going to be Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray, unless he keeps fumbling. If Gordon does, but it's he's going to be uh, the running back three for sure. The Boone buoy is sinking, huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Algier. Tyler's Algier, um, <laughs> rostered fifty one percent of leagues. What do we think? He's the number one guy there. I mean, and we said it last week. I knew that like he should be rostered in more leagues than he is right now. And but we knew it was a tough matchup. Tampa Bay is destroying running backs. Has all year. Has for a couple of years really. So it's a tough matchup. This one's not much better against San Francisco. But it's just one of those things where he's going to you know, bounce back and he's going to end up having a good game being the number one guy there. So he should absolutely be rostered. You're just going to have to keep him on your bench for probably at least one more week until the matchup, you know, is a little better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Caleb Huntley is still floating around, though. He hardly ever sees the field, but when he does see the field, he's taking away carries. You know, he only saw 26% of snaps or 24% of snaps, but he still carried the ball eight times. So, I mean, that's like a good amount of time he's on the field. He is getting the ball. But I do like Tyler Algier moving forward, especially because it's a long-term play. You definitely want to have him on your team. Well, how long was Patterson expected to be out? Four weeks? Well, he went on IR, so it's a minimum of four weeks. Do we have an estimation on his timeline, though? Because I feel like that greatly affects Tyler Algier's long-term outlook for the rest of the fantasy season anyway in redraft. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's a good point. There's not a definitive like when they think he's going to be back, at least not yet. Um, I would expect we get that at some point later this week because, I mean, he just went on IR um, 
you know, about a week ago. So they're still evaluating that. I think we'll have a better idea, you know, come this weekend on when they expect Patterson back. Is it another he a, a minor surgery, Cordero Patterson? I, I, am I remembering that wrong? I'm looking it up right now, but yeah, they just put him on the IR for a knee injury, but I'm pretty sure they sent him in for like a minor surgery to be done on his knee. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's longer than four weeks. Yeah, this doesn't say. It certainly could be, but another name that is going to be returning probably sooner than Cordero is Damian Williams. So it's just another name to throw into the the mix here at running back. So I don't know. Things are a little muddier for me than I like, and I think you're going to be waiting and seeing a whole lot before you feel confident enough to actually start one of these guys. Um. So yeah, I guess I, I, that's a way of me saying I'm not spending a whole lot of fab or prioritizing um, anyone in this backfield right now. And their offense is kind of fucking stagnant. They haven't really showed much <laughs> promise this year. So yeah, yeah when, once it, once people start getting added into the mix, and you know, Damian Williams comes back, and Cordell Patterson comes back, it it, it could get rough. But you know, you got to take that risk and hope that. He ends up getting majority carries as the year goes on, especially if you're struggling at running back. All right. Uh, next guy on the list, Alec Pierce, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, had a pretty nice week last week. A couple of nice weeks, actually, in a row. A few nice weeks in a row. Um, last week had nine targets against Denver, eight receptions, 81 yards. No touchdowns, but the volume is there. The week before, had six targets, four receptions for 80 yards. The week before that, five targets for three receptions for 61 yards. Clearly, um, the number two option in this offense, I think at this point, he, he led the team in receiving in week five over the Broncos. It's been... It's been rough for this offense, for this offensive line, especially that they're paying a shit ton of money to That's can't protect Matt Ryan or maybe it's Matt Ryan holding on the ball too long or not being able to move. But at any rate, this offense has been pretty ineffective, but Alec Pierce seems to be shining through, especially for a rookie wide receiver. I'll just say this. I've been saying it for years. Matt Ryan has the worst pocket presence. I every time I watch him play, it's just like watching a statue back there. He's a good quarterback, but goddamn, his pocket presence is horrible. So I'd say a lot of that is probably on Matt Ryan. But we did talk about Alec Pierce last week. It's nice to see him pop up again. Yeah, he's he's coming into his own. You know, Uh, I will say this about Matt Ryan. I don't think that his pocket presence is terrible. I just think he can't do anything about it. Because yeah, he's, he's so damn slow. <laughs> That's not even a good excuse. <laughs> no. But, like, the reason he looks like a statue is because he literally can't move. Somehow. Well, Tom Brady is pretty slow. He makes it happen. Tom Brady's faster. I think for sure he's faster. <laughs> I mean, hey, has uh, Matt Ryan ever just broke an ankle of Brian Urlacher like Tom Brady did? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, God. Now we're reaching. No, he hasn't. <laughs> okay, but are you picking up Alec Pierce? <laughs> yes. This is the question. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sidebar. Uh no, I I think Alec Pierce is a good a good pickup. I think his role in this offense is starting to become solidified, and you're gonna start to see a couple uh, you know, game here two or here where he starts to really break out. So but I think this what we can kind of expect from from him most weeks going forward is this solid seven, eight targets a game which is you know a pretty good usage to have for a brand new receiver that you're just considering yeah. as a flex play any week. Yeah, especially when you're if you're talking about keeper or dynasty leagues, you love to see that <clears throat> out of a rookie wide receiver, you know, 7 8 targets a week. I mean, that's huge for a rookie. So, uh love to see that. I would definitely be picking them up and seeing what happens in redraft leagues if you have someone worth worth dropping you know um which i was gonna say plenty, he's plenty of guys he's definitely worth having in a dynasty league you know he's a pretty dynamic rookie someone i would definitely want to have on my dynasty team roster um geno smith 
a quarterback worth bringing up, whether you like it or not. At this point, <laughs> he is the quarterback six on the year. The quarterback six. Yeah, say it one more time for the people the in the back. Is Geno Smith. <laughs> Trust me, uh, everyone's why, as shocked we, as we why are. Do we, why do we play this game? <laughs> why do we do this to <laughs> ourselves? You know? Oh, man. It's just... I I don't know how to explain it. This offense... Actually, the Seahawks in general have the number one offense in the league right now based off of DVOA. So, like, this offense is humming right now because of Geno Smith. When was the last time you said wow. that? Back when he was in at West Virginia. That's when you said that. You never said that when he was playing in the NFL. Uh, I just I don't I don't know what to say about it, but like the numbers speak for themselves. He's insanely he's being insanely accurate on the season. He's not throwing interceptions, and we're seeing the last couple of weeks they're opening up the field more and more for him. But I've seen more deep shots in the last two weeks than we saw in the first four weeks of the season. So, or maybe even just last week alone, it's just one of those things. Like it's hard to deny the numbers he's putting up right now. Now, obviously he's. He is Geno Smith. He's going to have a dud here or there. I just expect that to happen. But shit, man, week in and week out, that's not a bad streaming option if you don't have anybody else to go to. And he does have one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. So I might say it for one of the first times this year. I'm surprised I'm doing it week six, but I think Geno Smith is becoming undeniable. (laughs) (laughs) you you can't look away any longer undeniable (laughs) that's big that's big uh sentiment out of the jose corner if i'm saying someone's undeniable i mean they're really making moves man it's it's a must start player what's crazy is you know i think russ had better receiving options in Seattle than he does in Denver, in my opinion. Um, I think a lot better. <laughs> and I'm wondering, <laughs> least, like, how at least much... the top two guys, for sure. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, the top two guys. How much is that playing into, like, what we're seeing out of Russ now? You know what I mean? He's not throwing a DK and, and Tyler Lockett anymore. And I'll be honest, Lockett is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL and has been for years. Like yeah. the dude is super smart, super talented yeah. and, and catches fucking everything. He's, he's way, way better than Jerry Judy. And I don't give a fuck who <laughs> wants to argue that with me, but he is way better than Jerry Judy. So I don't know, man. I'm just like, I'm wondering how much of that is playing into this whole Russell Wilson shit too, because uh, it's making a difference. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. Who knows? I mean, now, granted, Geno's still putting the ball in the right, right places. The two long touchdowns to Tyler Lock this last weekend, they were almost identical plays where the cornerback is right on Tyler Lockett's ass. But Geno puts it in the perfect spot and lets Tyler run right underneath it for an, for an easy score, honestly, even though like, he's got the guy all over him. He's still, it looks like an easy catch because it's in the perfect placement. It is on, it's on the money. Yeah. And he plays the Cardinals this week, who have been uh, exposed by a few good quarterbacks so far. And I'd say he's a lock for two touchdowns this week. So if you have like Derek Carr, who's going to be on a bye week, or Jared Goff, also on a bye week this week, Geno Smith is like a perfect plug-and-play. Speaking of the Cardinals, uh, Rondale Moore rostered in 19% of leagues, according to Fantasy Pros. Seven catches in week five <laughs> what week are we in here week five yeah, he had eight targets home. for 68 yards um finished with 9.6 fantasy points are you guys going after rondell moore no you're not really i no. am <laughs> please, please expand yeah i mean my, my big thing he's getting a decent target share um you know, getting 13 targets just the two games he's played this year. The biggest thing I'm looking at, though, is how much he's on the field. He's their third receiver, and he's playing 90% of snaps. That's what I like to see in this offense. He's going to get his chances. And you just talked about Arizona being vulnerable to quarterbacks and giving him points. Have you seen Ar- Seattle's defense? 
They're giving they're they're one of the worst in the league. Rondell Moore is going to get his this week. At the very least, he's a really good streaming option. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe this week, but week seven, that's when DeAndre Hopkins is coming back from that suspension, and you know, it's he's going to come back in and play a good amount of time. It's not like he was hurt or anything. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his, and I see him taking away a lot of that snap share. And, you know, and that's fair. That, that's a very fair point. the The other thing I I would say about Rondell Moore is like everything that they like. Every time they target him, it's very close to the line of scrimmage or even like behind the line of scrimmage. So every it's all very short game, like get him the ball in space and, and let him try to go make a play, which I think really limits his upside outside of this last week, which is, I guess, a, a bright spot for Rondell. But everything before that, like his yards per target is, is pretty, pretty trash. And far, it's because he's get everything he's getting is right at the line of scrimmage, so I think that really limits Rondell's um, upside. But look, if he's a he's a decent little stash, stash him, see what happens. You know, he he can make those big plays for this week <laughs> <laughs> until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I what I'm saying, I guess, is I wouldn't spend too much on him. Um, Hayden Hurst, tight end in Cincinnati uh, for the Bengals. Rostered right now in 27% of leagues. Hayden Hurst is a part of this offense. He's going to have up and down weeks, just like every other tight end um, in the league. But he is a part of this offense. <laughs> Seven targets <laughs> last week, six receptions, 53 yards and a touchdown that's his second touchdown on the year uh touchdown back-to-back games they play new orleans next week i've talked about hayden previously as as kind of a streaming option how do you guys feel about hearst well i just know that he's a part of this offense (laughs) (laughs) he's he's a member he's on the roster he is part of this offense and he is part of it are you uh, doing your best Bill Belichick impersonation? <laughs> yeah. He's day-to-day. He is day-to-day. day-to-day. We will see. You know, he's play-to-play. He might get involved. <laughs> he might hey, hey, and don't forget, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and then that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like, if if you're if you're looking at picking up Hayden Hurst, just go pick up Taysom Hill. He might give you three rushing touchdowns on the, on the, on the and a fourth passing, passing touchdown. Yeah, you never know. So, and you can plug him in at tight end. So there you go. He is a top twelve tight end <laughs> right now, Hayden Hurst, which isn't saying is. much, but that means he's worth starting in your league. He's averaging just over five targets a game. It's nothing special, but I'm with you on that. I'd rather take a risk on having uh, Taysom Hill come in and have a boomer bust game than having Hayden Hurst come in and give me a consistent, you know, eight points, something like that. The only reason he has points last two weeks is because he has touchdowns. Yeah, so let's talk about Taysom Hill. Um, At this point, after last week, Jameis dealing with all his bullshit, um, Andy Dalton being terrible, Chris Olave hurt, some of his receivers, Michael Thomas hurt. How much are you willing to spend on Jarvis Landry hurt? How much are you willing to spend on Taysom Hill? Since he is their offense. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what to do with Taysom Hill period, let alone like how much money I'm going to spend on. I'm like, I don't know if you can throw him to your roster and just to show how bad tight ends have been this year. Taysom Hill has a 33 point game, basically did very little the rest of the season. He had a decent week one but immediately vaulted all the way up to tight end number seven in PPR leagues. He didn't even catch a ball. He actually only has one reception on the year as a tight end and his tight end seven. So like it doesn't make any damn sense what you're going to do with Taysom Hill. It doesn't make sense what they're doing with him in, in the offense, even though he's being productive. But like he's going to be completely boomer bust. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Would you really rather have a guy who, I mean, he could win you a game, but he could also give you absolutely zero points on any I'd say game. this. I'd say this. I'd say this. I'd say if, if I have a losing record, or if my team is not good, like you're one and four, you're zero oh and five, you're maybe two and three, even, I would 
be willing to spend a shit ton of fab on him in that situation and just play him and see what happens. You know what I mean? Because you really don't have shit to lose at this point. You need something, obviously, on your team that gives you that electric upside where you can score a shit ton of points because you don't have that right now on your team, obviously. So I'd be willing to do that in that situation. If I'm winning a lot, I would probably stick to what's what's working right now. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I, I like I that. I would agree. If you have Dalton Schultz or Pat Fryermuth who are likely to miss, well, Dalton Schultz is going to miss this week, but Pat Fryermuth is likely to miss this week, you should definitely take that risk on Taysom Hill and just just go for it. It's The, inc- the inconsistency at tight end is just insane. You might as well just, you said it perfectly, Jim. If you don't have a good team, you might as well just fucking send Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, send that shit (laughs) week in week out who knows man you might just go undefeated the rest of the year with with old Taysom hill um it's a good hill to die on for sure i mean yeah this is your last this is your last stand dude you're dying on this hill so either victorious or in defeat um eno benjamin i think is worth bringing up just because of that same conversation that we had earlier these are the type of guys that I think are worth stashing just in case something happens to the guy ahead of them. Um, James Conner is dealing with a bit of a rib injury, so we'll see what happens. He has not been very effective, um, so we'll see if the team maybe decides to sit him for a week or two and just let him rest and get healthy and maybe get back to productive football when he comes back. In that case, Eno Benjamin would be the guy I think to own. Um, so I would be picking him up this week if you can. Um, I see Carson Wentz highlighted here. <laughs> someone wanted to talk about Carson Wentz, apparently. Or is that a mistake? Uh, no, I only put it on I put it on there. It's a if you're streaming quarterbacks, it's a good streaming option. They're, they're playing the Bears, so He's on there as a streaming option. He's available in quite a bit of leagues still because of that. So he is still, even though he you know has that up and down, has a couple clunkers in there. He is still QB eight on the on the season. So, um, but yeah, it's a good streaming option. If you don't get Geno, go for go for Carson Wentz as a streamer. All right, other stash option options. Uh, Jamison Williams should be back. After the buy at wow. some point, maybe another week or two after the buy, but um, should take over that outside role for the Detroit Lions. Isaiah Pacheco, Kansas City running back, I think still worth a stash. Um, we'll see what happens. Zay Jones, eight targets last week, playing 80% of snaps. A guy to keep an eye on if you're just looking for someone to stash and not going to get one of the top priority guys like a Jacoby Myers Sky Moore anything tonight from uh, Sky Moore did he check in yeah he played I think he had one catch I will say this yeah he had one catch but goddamn, he looked so fucking fast two two in a row I think actually on the same exact play Uh, they ran the same play twice in the Raiders shout out to the Raiders for not making adjustments really good coaching there Um, but on both of those catches he looked super fast like he's got some crazy quickness to him i just really hope they can somehow get him the ball more but yeah. yeah um yeah i mean he'll obviously he's taking time to come along uh not as quickly um into this offense as i thought he would be um kind of similar to to clyde edwards hilaire a few years ago uh, a little slower coming along there but <laughs> honestly do you think pacheco is or pacheco is still a uh a stash play he played in exactly one snap tonight and he had one carry (laughs) yeah i mean something would have to happen to clyde obviously for him to have any sort of significant role i mean interesting Um, that clyde didn't play a ton tonight either it was a lot of mckinnon yeah well he was just absolutely ripping the fucking raiders apart mckinnon for whatever reason just had their number Every single one of his rushes was seemed like it was more than eight yards. He was just tearing them up. So I think they were just going with the hot hand. Yeah, that, that could be. I mean, granted, I mean, McKinnon 
had actually one less carry than Clyde did. It just seemed like he was out on the field every time they ran the ball. So, yeah, it probably was the hot hand thing. But, you know, if that's going to be the case where they're going in a hot hand type of situation, maybe that's why Pacheco got a lot of carries last week. Then that doesn't bode well um, in terms of, you know, even using him as a stash. Like, he's just there to be there, you know, as a roster filler. Yeah. It's it's certainly, you'd have to see something happen for him to have any fantasy relevance like Clyde would have to go down probably Clyde would have to go down you know yeah maybe if Jarek went down but at this rate it's a three-man committee um all right well that'll do it then I guess for the waiver wires unless there's anyone else you guys want to bring up there's no one I really want to bring up I will say this is a rough week for waiver wires not a lot of great players really standing out Seems like one of the like the roughest weeks so far for waiver wires. Um, so if you're not really making any moves in the waiver wire and you're looking for something to do with your fantasy team and your team's struggling, start throwing them trades out there. Trade deadline's going to be coming up sooner than you think in your fantasy leagues if there is one. So start floating them trades out there. Try to get your team better. Yeah, it's, it's the Kenneth Walker uh, sweepstakes this week. For sure. That's what it is. All right, well, uh, we will catch you guys later in the week with our early window games um, on Thursday and then probably our late window games on Friday and our starts of the week. So make sure you stay tuned for those. Subscribe, like, um, so that you get alerted for those uh, new episodes. And then hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. If you have any questions, you can directly message us and or DM, as the kids might say. Um, and we will <laughs> respond. We will respond. Slide on in, baby. Slide in the DMs. Uh, so holler at your boys. Uh, we'll catch you later. Bye.